Thank you for tuning in to our GYST podcast, where we help you get your together. Welcome everyone back to the GYST podcast. For those of you who have been some of our loyal listeners, you'll notice a different music playing during the intro. And that music is specifically here because it's our guest. And so Kyle, I'll let you introduce this guest since you uh, you know him the best. All right, all right. Uh, this guest has been a very, very good friend of mine for a number of years. Um, happened to meet at a in a past life at an old job by by happenstance become very good friends and he has built a brand for himself uh, over the years at the music industry and done a lot of a lot of good things. I've uh, been very lucky to be a part of it. Uh, I'd like to introduce you, Kevin Johnson, also known as a king. Also, hello, yeah, well, thank Kevin. you, gentlemen, for having me today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Short notice. I text you uh, about sixteen hours ago. 16 hours, yes. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was heading home from work. Yeah. When you text me that. Rohit and I talked about it, and your name was actually on the board. We had been, I'd been meaning to get a hold of you to bring you in and have you as a guest. And uh, Rohit and I were just discussing yesterday, and I was just like, hey, I'll, I'll just shoot him a text. He was like, well, would he come tomorrow? I was like, if he's free, maybe. He was like, with that short notice? I was like. If it doesn't have anything else going on, look, I'm not Kevin Hart. Like, yeah. like, I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm at your disposal. Like, you know, I live in Fife. Yeah, it's not hard. I'm not on a world tour right now. Like, right? Talk to my agent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't, if I had one, I would say that. I mean, yeah, I am my agent. So yeah. that, I guess it works that way. Yeah, work on that. And right? I got a manager, but I mean, I am my agent. Yeah. <laughs> Less people to give a cut anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, he's barely gets paid, but you know. Yeah. Ken, thanks again for being here with us today. One of the things that we want to talk to you about is we did a podcast a while back ago with Robin Olson called Dreams Versus Reality. And we all have dreams that we work towards, but sometimes we realize we, we have to put those dreams on hold because reality hits us. We've got to pay the bills. We've got to get a job. And with that, we've got our highs, we've got our lows, but at the end... If, as long as you're working towards your dreams, you haven't really fully given up on them. And so we talked about a lot of the pressures that come from that. I know with your career, I've been friends with you for a while as well as Kyle has. You've had some highs and I'm sure you've got your lows. And we'd just love to know what keeps you going. Uh, to be 100% honest, I know I can do it. It's not something I don't have anybody. And in 2016, I have zero people telling me I can't do this. When I started in 2009, I had everybody telling me, Kevin, you can't do this. Why didn't you do it before? Why didn't you do it 10 years ago? Because 10 years ago before that, I didn't have the drive or the want to do it. I was simply writing songs, sold a couple songs when I was younger. The lows come when you allow people to get in your head and tell you you can't do it. The lows are going to come from not meeting your own deadlines on recording, not meeting your own expectations, because you're your own worst critic at all times, no matter what. And I can truly say when I put out, when I got serious about it, put my first EP out, I thought it was the hottest shit anybody was ever going to hear. 
And then I listen to it. I listen to things three ways. One time, I listen to it to hear the production value, to hear the music being played. The second time, I listen for lyrical content. And the third time, I listen to see if I can listen to it front to back without skipping any tracks. I failed in all three of those categories by my own standards. I found that on my hard drive a month ago. Listened to it. Deleted it. Deleted the session tracks. Deleted the folder with all the lyrics in it. That was a low. And I wrote all that in a low in my life because I was just coming off of a divorce. I was angry, upset, and recording nothing but hateful, hateful music. Not something that I'm proud of. And I can look back at that and say I'm okay with letting that go. The highs far outweigh the lows, even though there are not that many highs. And there are far more lows. The highs still outweigh them. High of my career, opening for my uncle at the showbox with Sam, with Brandon, in front of 1,500 people. Not realizing it's 1,500 people because you only see the first five rows until those lights turn on in the back. It's crazy. And you see all 1,500 people. <laughs> you lose your shit inside yeah. and think you have to outperform yourself right now. Any rehearsal that you did by yourself is not going to be good enough right now. Now is your time to shine. That was the highest. I'm not going to say that's the highest point in my career at this point. I'll call it a career because I've been doing it. Well, I'm on my seventh span, year. Yeah, I'm say span probably almost a decade. I've been right seven now. years as a serious artist. That was the one that at the time that was my pinnacle. That I had achieved what I wanted to do. I opened for my uncle. That was one one thing I wanted to do. I told myself if I ever do this music game, I'm opening for him. That's what's going down. That's what's happening. And that's what happened. Before you go too far, I think we need to explain to listeners who you opened for. Well, listeners, <laughs> I opened for George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic. Um, George is my uncle. Um, I lived with him for four years, and that's where I learned my love of music. One day, he handed me a guitar and told me to start playing. Put me in guitar lessons. I can't play guitar for shit now. The business aspect is where I thrive. I love that side of it. Mm-hmm. Being the artist is the easy part, but it's the business side, it's the behind-the-scenes part, and it's the hard part. Kyle, I'll tell you, Kyle's been manager for two years. Mm-hmm. One of the hardest parts was the business side. Where are we booking the shows? Who are we going to get to play the shows? How are we going to get there? What's the time frame look like? Mm-hmm. How much money are we going to make? How much money are we going to lose? How much money can we expect to bring in? What How can we expect our reach to? Yeah, where yeah. can our reach go to? Things And things I didn't think about at that time mm-hmm. was the reach. I was just so focused on playing these shows, putting out the music, bringing the people in, putting the butts in the seats. That's what I was focused on. When I struck out and started doing it on my own again, it came down to when I put up my album out in 2014. All of 2013... Took me one year to record my album. I'm glad I took my time because I think that's my best work. Solo work to date is that project. I've written some songs that have are what we like to call questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Vulgar, if yeah, you will. Indeed. If yeah. you will. Um, well, that is the name of the NC-17. podcast. NC-17. Oh, Things not suitable for Rohit's ears, <laughs> as, as, a, as we can put it. But uh, in all seriousness, I mean, you talk to people about following their dreams and dreams versus reality. Me, dreams versus reality, yeah, okay, cool. It's a concept. However, unless you're willing to do what it takes to make your dreams a reality, then and only then do you have to worry about dreams versus reality. Why can't it be dreams and reality? I started out as somebody who wanted to be a music artist. Now I'm kind of transitioning to somebody who wants to be a music publisher. 
who wants to only write hip hop music and pop music for movies, record it, shop it. If they have another artist who wants to sing the song, buy the song from me. Mm-hmm. And by all means, re-record the song with my lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. That's my goal now. That is my primary goal. The secondary part of it, which is literally tied for first, is the band. Now, as I was telling you guys before we started, the band was a happy accident. And it came down to wanting a band to play my album release party in 2014. January 2014. January 24th, 2014 was giving my album release party. I wanted a band to back me. I didn't want just my DJ. Mm-hmm. I wanted the drums. I wanted the guitars. I wanted the bass. I wanted it all. Next thing I know, I'm getting a hold of friends of mine who were in a metal band, asking them to come play hip hop. They were with it. They're like, it's different. We've never done it before. Let's do it. So we did that. I remember being at a rehearsal and my drummer JR coming up and saying, so are we like a thing? <laughs> like, is this, is this a band now? Like, are we, are we a band? I said, I'm down. Is everybody else down? It's like a relationship. Is yeah. this a thing? What are we in yeah. right now? What are we in? What are we doing right now? Facebook status is it's complicated, right? Right, right, right. Even on my Facebook fan page, status complicated. It was only then that I realized this. I'm getting what I wanted. I always wanted to have a band or be part of a band. And it's not just my band. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people are like, oh, your band, your band, your band. I'm like, it's not just my band, man. It's all six of us collectively making music and making moves together. I think when people focus too far on, oh, well, music's a pipe dream. Maybe so. But if you don't keep doing it and you and you stifle your creativity, you'll never know. That's the one thing I could tell my kids. That's the one thing I'll tell anybody's kids or anybody. Don't allow the unrealistic limitations that people put on your creativity to stop you from doing what you want. Just don't. My friends, my family all support me. My fiance supports me more than I support myself in this whole thing. Would you say that the support has been a big part of your drive and success or is that supplemented? Is that, is that sort of I'd say it's supplemented. I've mm-hmm. always looked at people who have done this before me. I've always looked at people who are still doing it that I still fellowship with. Um, my friend Carl Rowe is a good example. Mm-hmm. Carl is one of the hardest working people in the Seattle music industry and nobody knows who he is. And I don't say that nobody knows who he is, but mm-hmm. nobody in the national Record labels, people who quote unquote matter, know who he is. But you know what? He's making better music than people you know about. So I look up to him 100%. He recorded my whole last album and the EP before that. He's a phenomenal sound engineer, phenomenal rapper, phenomenal artist all around. It's just really funny when you look at who you look up to uh-huh. and it's your peer. Mm-hmm. I look up to my peers. I don't, ha- I don't hold anybody above my peers. I don't even hold my uncle above my peers. Because when you're somebody like my uncle who's been doing this 50 years, for five decades making music, he's still a peer at the end of the day. Just because he's up here and I'm down here, he's still a peer. I've shared a stage with him. You know, you, you said something earlier, and I think we touched on this on an earlier podcast, but you said that you listened to your uh, song or track that mm-hmm. you'd made a while back, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, this is terrible. Let me delete this. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I heard a quote, and I'm going to butcher this quote because I don't remember where it came from. I heard it several <laughs> months ago. But um, if you if you produce something that 
that's um, not worth. A, do you remember what? I that, know where you're going. If, yeah, yeah, if you put, if you create something that's not worth deleting, then it wasn't that great to begin with. So like, cause some people like because your masterpiece isn't going to come around time one. Like, I, uh, and it, it, something else I thought was really cool that you'd mentioned too. Uh, it speaks really loudly to me. It's just your peers. Um, you know, I had some friends in the music music industry or in technology or whatever that have that have achieved like some awesome things. I don't necessarily look up to you know, as far as as far as musicians are concerned. I might appreciate an artist exactly that's like at a higher level with someone I don't know. It's an appreciation. It's an appreciation that's what it is. Art, all in yeah. all, is it's a true appreciation for that person. But my peers, dude, I am like so proud of like some of my friends that are absolutely. Um, I have a friend of mine that's a pretty, pretty uh, banging on the sailor, um, <laughs> pretty big musician. And anytime I see something of his, it makes me extremely happy to hear to just see what he's done. And it, to me, it's more inspiring to see what he does than it is to see what I don't know Joe Blow artist that's on. yeah. Like I said, my friend Carl, like, he's he's getting a lot of looks from a lot of these hip hop blogs that are very hard to get mm-hmm. noticed by, but he's getting it, and I'm so proud of him mm-hmm. for that. First time I met Carl was at one of my shows. And me and Sam, we played Nectar. Oh, yeah, That was yeah. the first time I yeah. had physically met Carl. We had talked through email, and that was it. But that was the first time I met him. And from that moment, there was something about him. I was like, this dude, there's something about this cat. That's when you were like, yeah, he's he's got to do my next album. I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it exclusively through him. And that's exactly why I told Cal. And I did, yeah. a, I did a, uh, what was it? I did a six-song six EP. Six or eight song or something like that. Yeah, I forget what it was. That fall. You know, and I'm not. This is not a criticism on your friend. This is just something that kind of resonates with me as well because uh, I live this as an example. So this is um, through my job. I was kind of frustrated that I wasn't promoting up, and I had a manager pull me aside and they said, "You're good at what you do. You're personable. People enjoy working with you. The people that, as you said, quote unquote, matter have no clue who you are." Like they say, they don't know who you are. Same scenario. And, it, I, and I like, it's the same in every business. Yeah, yeah. It's just, the people it's who the matter don't give a shit about you, but your peers see you do it. The people right above your peers see you do it. Your direct supervisor sees you do it, but the people who really make these decisions don't see you do it. And and if if you don't make yourself known, mm-hmm. then it does. It really can stifle where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, and that I think that draws that line too. That whole creativity versus. Uh, there's some people you strike me as this person that can be extremely creative but toe that line between creativity and business um, I, I just like oh, I, absolutely. I, feel, I, feel, I, feel, I feel it kind of some people don't yeah true and they, they may not I have, I have a friend um, he thinks that he produces a lot better than he does but he's okay like he's alright but you know what he's good at his mouthpiece Oh. His mouthpiece is on point. Like I mean, but he he knows how to position himself and get him. Where then go. I have some other friends that are amazing artists, producers, and no one knows who they are. Like no one knows. So it's just it's kind of an interesting um, dynamic watching people within that world. Yeah, absolutely. There's people you would think don't even know what they're doing, and they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I was going to say, it's called hustle. Yeah, it is. It's called it, hustle. It is hustle. Yeah, it is. But then you have to look at too. So when we talk about like. Dreams versus reality when we discuss that. I think I mentioned in a past episode, and you kind of said it too, why can't it be dreams and reality? My ideal of dreams and reality is your future versus your present. Mm -hmm. Your reality is your present, and your dreams are your future. It's up to you if you fulfill those dreams. You're absolutely correct. Now, those people, maybe they don't have a full-time job. Maybe they don't have bills to pay. True. So they, they, they can afford to... 
put all this effort towards social media platforms and music, whatever the quality of music is, they have the time and resources to do so when you're out here trying to make a living. I right. don't, is that something in the past that maybe has there ever been a point where you've been discouraged of trying to work full time to make a living and do the music because it's truly what you love and what you want to do where you almost have decided to give up on your dream? Um, I wouldn't say give up on it. Um, I did put, I put it on a back burner for a long time. Yeah. And I was starting to get serious about it probably around 2005. Because mm-hmm. you and I met my ex-wife. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's, that's when that out. That's when I that, put on the back burner. That piece of work came out. Because I had some friends of mine who wanted me to do music with them because mm-hmm. I, I could write. Yeah. I mean, I might not have been the greatest rapper in the world. Mm-hmm. I was a great singer in the world, but I could write a song. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, man, let's sit down and write. Let's do this. I'm like, yeah, man, let's do this. Then I met my ex-wife. My whole world changed. Mm-hmm. 100% focused on paying bills, taking care of a house, taking care of, you know, her and I, and just got all convoluted. Yeah. And once we split, 2009 came around. I called up my guy Smooth and was like, hey, let's do this. Mm-hmm. I need some studio time. And he had one of those... Sheds you buy from Lowe's, <laughs> like full padding everywhere, full studio built into this thing. I spent 15 hours one night recording 30 some tracks. Wow. It, it's one of those things, man. It's, it's easy to, if you know how to balance mm-hmm. and you know how to make concessions in certain places, you can do it with a full time job. You have to put the music as the work and your work as the life. And yeah. have that work-life balance that way. It's, you know, it's something we joke about. I say, uh, you got to tell the girlfriend the wife comes first. Right. right. And music's <laughs> the girlfriend right now. You know what I'm saying? So until music's paying the bills, music's the girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's when you start. And plus, a lot of people try to get a booking agent and a publicist and, you know, try to get mm-hmm. 17 people involved. You know how easy it is for me to make one phone call to a venue and be one person and be like, hey. I want to do a Friday night show at your venue. Mm-hmm. They go, well, who are you? I said, what's your email? Here's my stuff. Yeah. And they email you back. What Friday night would you like? And you tell them. Yeah. And they give you the date. Give you the calendar when they're available. Yeah. Don't even already, How many times did we yet? play high dive between 2011 oh, and 2013 man. in Seattle? Several. Like between probably, there and White probably, Rabbit. Yeah, between there and White Rabbit, we probably yeah. played seven, eight times. Yeah. Why? Because I reached out, I asked the question, Yeah. what Saturday night could I get? What Friday night could I get? People think they need to go, hey, Kyle, I need you to call 75 venues today and book me at 30 of them. Uh, you know, you, you don't you do not do things like that. It's yeah. not how it works. Well, you, it's funny, synchronicity, right? So, yeah. um, just listening to something earlier today, I think it was another podcast, and they were talking about how a lot of times what people will do is they'll get a little overwhelmed, right? So they may have a preconceived notion of what they think the entertainment business or whatever the heck it is that they're into may be. So they're thinking, oh, you know, for me to be an artist, it requires me to have a booking agent. You know, as a matter of fact, I need this like badass whip over here. Yeah. Plus a tour bus. Oh, yeah. Like I got to shoot a video. I need to go buy this badass camera to record this video. You know what I mean? And it's just like. But the first step is like, you, you, it's awesome to listen to because you just took that first step. The first step was, hey, we need a place to play. Do, 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 do. Done. Done. Hey, venue. What's can next? I, can it's, I play? It's about, it's about <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. facilitating, right? Yeah. Shit, there are people who are facilitators. Okay. Yeah. People are facilitators. 
There's people whose jobs are to book their venues. Those are the people you go to. Yeah. A question for you. Uh, first off, it's hard to tell by your hat and your shirt. Are you familiar with the chive at all? Very. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bill Murray on his on his shirt. When we did our very first podcast, we weren't even sure how to turn the mic on. And you can even hear it in the BM. We're like, is the mic on? I don't know. Are, are we recording? Yeah. We And we've openly admitted to the audience, we don't know what we're doing. We're just making up as we go along. But we continue to progress and get better. Every single show gets better and better. So I'd like to talk to you about your journey. When you said, you know, when your uncle was talking about music and, and going into a, a flame start burning inside you, you're like, I've got to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. And so what were Zero those idea. early days like when you were practicing something and you're like trial and error or you would pick up a little bit of piece of advice from someone and you pl- tried it and you're like, wow, it, it's better. Yeah. Scary. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the one word I can use for it. It's scary. I, mean, I was 13 when my uncle was like, here's a pad, here's a pen, go write me a song. About what? <laughs> Whatever comes to mind is what he said. I'm like, I'm 13. I'm going through puberty. What do you really want this song about? Like, <laughs> what do you really want this song to be about? What do you expect yeah. right now? What do you expect right now? Because I'll write you a Barry White's greatest hits in one song. <laughs> but you know, I'll write the movie Showgirls into this thing if you really want me to. But I'm 13. I don't. I didn't know what to do. Like me and my cousin would freestyle just. The stupidest things would come out of our mouths. You know, um, starting out was just super scary. Like, what do I do? Like, uh, it's like your first date with a girl. Oh, what do you do? Yeah. Oh. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how it feels. Like, it's, but as you progress and as you go on and on, it, it does get easier. I'll give you an example. Now, I can say when I record with somebody new, it's a little bit like that. Like, uh, someone you haven't recorded with. Someone you haven't with recorded yet. with yeah. yet. You know, I've recorded with four or five people in the Seattle area now that I'm very comfortable with recording with, mm-hmm. and I can just go in and get work done and be good to go. Then if I was going with somebody new, if I was to go to a London Bridge studio or an Electro Kitty studios where I've never worked before, I'd be scared shitless because mm-hmm. those places have Grammy Grammys everywhere. They have gold records on the wall. Intimidation. Artist mentality, self-doubt. Artist mentality, self-doubt. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to remember my verse at all, and it's on this that's paper right in front of me. Is this verse good enough? Should I rewrite oh, it? Should I rewriting this verse? Oh, his verse sounded right? really good. Oh, yeah, I'm not recording tonight, guys. When you're when you're on your journey, you can only get better. Yeah. You can only get better. If if you if you have reached a point where you can't look back on your first project and be almost ashamed of it. That's then you have in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You, my friend, have taken three warp whistles to get to the last level. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you cannot look at your first project and be like, you are questionable like, as sin, <laughs> then you do not, thinking? then you just use the cheat code for Contra. Yeah. You know what I mean? Up, up, down, down. Up, up, down, down. Left, left, right, left, right. right, right, right B, A, B, A, like start. The economy you know? code. Yep. You know, but that's, that's, that's real though. Like if you can't, yeah. you're always going to get better on your journey. Photographers, Music producers, writers get better. I've gotten better it's at writing. It's a 10,000 hour rule. It's essentially, mm-hmm. it's like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule. You do something 10,000 hours, you become an, an expert. expert at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, which makes sense. So even if, uh, I, I, I feel as a creative person, you should be flexible mm-hmm. um, and be able to adapt, change as a part of creativity. Yeah. But that person, I'll tell you what, is probably an expert in doing it. There's their, their way. way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've got experts yet. 
no, we still not quite. You got about, yeah. about 400 hours yeah. left. Yeah. I would <laughs> say five years. To hit this yeah. Yeah. I would honestly say that the scariest part lately in the past two years was writing music with a group that is predominantly comes from the background of metal and rock. That was the hardest part for me. Adapting to that. Adapting to that. They think they adapted to me. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Other way around. <laughs> it's the other way around 100%. When you get guys who are a metal band who want to play fast and heavy, that's intimidating. High mm-hmm. BPMs. and and different tones you know and when I'm like hey hey I need you to slow it down a little bit and you get that look like I will cut you if you ask me to slow it down one more time you know but we had to have a meeting and we had a meeting we're like hey look when we do this album let's just have a happy medium let's Mm -hmm. do some stuff you guys want to do let's do some stuff I want to do let's just have a compromise and we compromised very well. Yeah, I've noticed there's a couple of just jam sessions on there, really. There was one seven-minute jam session of just the oh, band. Southern Shoals. Southern Shoals. Yeah. yeah. It's a seven-minute jam session. It's just the guys playing, and it's all impromptu playing. Yeah, it's pretty it, it, Kyle did his homework. I have that one. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't something that we rehearsed for six weeks and then went in and recorded. It was literally something they played for three minutes one day. And then when we went to record, they played it for seven minutes a completely different way, and it turned out great. You just did it. That's awesome. That's awesome. You're going to come to points when you're on your journey, you know, to reach your dreams that you're going to get scared, and you're going to you're going to hit some walls, but go through the walls. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, I'm a big fan, and I, yeah, I appreciate your input on this. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, an artist named by the name of Cy Scott. So. He does like a, he's a graphic designer. He does like a very, it's almost, what's the word I'm looking for? Illustrative mm-hmm. graphic design. So it's not just so computer. And he yeah. actually does actual pen and ink. Oh, okay. Um, and just really cool designs and, and does, it's big on typography, which was my favorite aspect of his work. So when I graduated college, I was like, this dude is just freaking hitting something inside of me that I wanted to tap into, you know? Sent the guy an email and I said, hey, you know, I'm a guy from Oklahoma. Um, I really am like highly impressed by your work, and just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, you know, for you know just sharing that with the world. You know, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, so, did you write me back? He says, "I've never had someone write that." And you know, really? tell me that. Thank you so much. That was so cool. And because for certain, like I would just see his work, and it just would move me. And uh, it's just a perfect blend of graphic design and uh, and uh, a fine art, which because graphic design isn't fine art, you know. What I mean, yeah. graphic design is communicative. Fine art is pretty. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just, beautiful. So he just so he he, take, he takes the two worlds and and, and uh, uh, fuses them pretty well. Cy Scott, Cy Scott. But it goes back to the, my illustrate. I had an illustration teacher um, when I was in college, and he's like, the only way you get good is to keep drawing. <laughs> it was like yeah, there's no true. shortcuts so I can sit there and listen to, to someone else's awesome creative processes but it comes down to like you um, Kevin like like you, and your story is awesome so I'm sitting here inspired but what it comes down to like one simple thing is you took a step yeah. you made a decision you took a step yeah. and then everything else just starts to kind of fall in place as you as you maneuver you yep. know? Yeah. but I, and I think like what most people don't do is they don't take that step out of fear it, or whatever and you know you gotta get over it, the fear and yeah. honestly it's gonna sound it's gonna sound harsh gotta get over yourself yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, absolutely you know, I mean, to, yeah. and it's not even, not even that you know you have the ego about yeah. it you have to get over yourself 
Get out of your own way. Get yes, way. absolutely. Yeah. Kyle told me that I don't know how many times. <laughs> and, and real shit. In that two years, I can't tell you how many times him and Sam sat there and told me that. Yeah. And I never, it didn't click. It didn't click. It just, it was not making sense. And then one day, it made sense. Move out of your own way. Strive to be better at what you're doing. Don't try to do what everybody else is doing, which is what I was trying to do. When I started focusing on me, my process, Mm -hmm. my lane, and what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. that is when everything just started falling into place. Yeah. And I've been in perpetual motion. Ever since. Since 2012. (laughs) So for the past four years, it's gone from me being on my own as an artist to me selling out my album release party two years ago, which I've never sold out a show before on my own. There were only, I think, what was it? There was only 100 tickets was, was available. Oh, okay, 150? There was 150 like tickets 150. available because we were at Rehearsal Works. Yeah. There was no bar. I got out of my own way. I went to Red Hook. I was like, hey, I'm doing this event. We're having a charity auction at this event. Audible Ale. Got free beer from Red Hook. Yeah. They said, you buy three cases, I'll give you nine for free. Done. Well, I bought three cases at employee price. Yeah. I expected to pay full price. You know, just that. You've doubts the success. <laughs> but it's just a matter of check your ego and just do it. Quit bullshit and don't sit there and talk about, oh man, I could do this. I could, I could, I could. What about I am? I did. You know, the band came along. Then the that that spring that the band was formed, we played in San Diego before we even played up here. Like <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're fortunate enough to have been brought down to some Chive events. You bring up the Chive, you know, amazing charity organization. Amazing charity organization. Everybody, all everybody ever sees is the TNA and all that shit. That's 10% of what the Chive is. That's to get people in the door. That's to get people in the door. (laughs) The past five years that I've been involved with the Chive, they've raised over four and a half million dollars for various charities. In five years. And you never hear about that stuff. You never hear about it. But you know who raised most of that money? The people who chive. There was a girl named Melissa Smith. I'm, I'm going to segue to this because this is what made me believe in the chive. This woman, Melissa Smith, had a degenerative disease, got cancer, beat them both, left her paralyzed. She needed $100,000. I'm sorry, $400,000 to convert her home to buy a home and convert it to wheelchair accessible. We raised $2 million for her to date. I think within 24 hours, they had raised half a million. 24 hours, random people donated money to this woman to help her get that home. Donations, events, everything. Everything. Yeah. But that was just a 24-hour flash donation, like a flash mob. They put it up. I donated a hundred bucks. I know a couple other people who donated a hundred bucks, but it gained motion. And in 24 hours, she had the money she needed. And then some friend of mine, Matt was killed in action on the 5th of January. Uh, his wife, Allie is a good friend of mine. I met him through her. They have a three month old son in 24 hours. We raised over a hundred sorry, in five days, we raised $180,000 for her and their son of 5,000 that we wanted because of the chive. Amazing group. The band was asked to come play in San Diego. We went the first year. We raised $19,000 during the event for Make-A-Wish of California. Last year, we went down, raised $33,000 
in one night for the Lucky Pup Dog Rescue so that they can build an adoption center. You know, it's things like that that I'm proud to say that I'm a Chiver. And we've gotten a great response as a band with our music from the Chive community. It's things like that, being able to play these events, being able to be a part of these things that I'm I'm proud to say I'm glad I took that first step into doing this music. Without doing that, I probably wouldn't be a part of this right now. Those are things that I've done because I've been a part of these things and will continue to be a part of more. When it comes to the music side of it, I would love to see our music go, go big. I think we're one of the only people, only bands in the area can say that we're on a jukebox. I mean, I don't know if that means shit, but... Touch tunes, baby. Touch tunes and AMI, thank mm-hmm. you very much. <laughs> but I have a direct relationship with AMI mm-hmm. for their jukeboxes. A friend of mine in Spokane one night was on the jukebox. Mm-hmm. And he had called me. He's like, hey, is your music on the jukebox? I was like, I don't know, man. And I'm sitting there going, yeah. I was like, I don't know, man. You should check. And he <laughs> did. And he like he Snapchatted me. He's like, oh, my God, your album's on the jukebox right now. I'm about to play this shit for the whole bar. And I'm like, okay, cool. Do it. And he did. And he's yeah. like, he's like, everybody's dancing. He Snapchats me. Everybody's dancing around the bar. I'm like, see, this this to me means this. This means something to me. Yeah. Being on TV doesn't mean shit to me. The music videos we have on YouTube mean a lot to me. You know, if you get over a thousand views on on, YouTube, on your video on YouTube and like two people thumbs down you, you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gotten two thumbs down on one video. Nice. You know, and I'm just like, oh, that, that to me, that's that's winning. Yeah. Huh. You know. Did you even uh, say the name of your band? Uh, the band is a king also in the royal court. Nice. Okay. So if people want to get in touch with you and your music, what would be the best way? Best way to do it is to find us on social media at Royal Court Band. On Twitter or on Instagram, or you can email press at a kingalso.com. Or if you want to book us for anything, it's management at a kingalso.com. And the new album, what's the album called? The new album is called Death of a Stereotype. Where can they get it? You can get it on every online retailer. <clears throat> I know it's on iTunes. I it's on it. iTunes, it's on Amazon. If you want physical copies, you live in the Seattle area, email us, we'll get you one. Yeah, we'll go ahead and include the links on our page as well. Absolutely. Yeah, for all this stuff. Um, if you know, Another venture that I was talking to Kyle about is uh, if you're into health and fitness, oh yeah, look up the hashtag, hashtag FGIT. It'll take you to fit guy in training. If you're a fit guy in training or you just want to get back on that, get back on the horse or try to start a journey in your health and your fitness, find us. Or fit girl in training Or fit as well. girl in yeah. training as well. Find us. We have a group on Facebook as well. Favorite podcast? This one. Yeah. Perfect. Well, Kevin Johnson, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us. Just hearing your stories about how you got started, what kept you going, some of your thoughts about continuing to push forward. I think, you know, I know, at least for myself, I don't know about you, Christian and Kyle, it, it's helped me realize the direction we can take this and, and keep moving forward and let's let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I felt all those same emotions Kevin had mentioned when he first started writing and recording when we were sitting here about to hit record on our first podcast and Christian and I looked at each other like, uh, what you doing, You man? want to tell him? But yeah. Stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to go home. Uh, I got to, I got to, wash my hair I got laundry (laughs) I would say if I could leave anybody with a thought I would just say take the chance you never know and that that holds true for anything there's a girl you want to ask out 
Take a chance. There's a job you want to get. Take a chance. There's something new you want to try creatively. Take a chance. Who knows? That might be for you. Thank you again. And Thank uh, you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for yeah. coming. Uh, like we mentioned, we'll have links to all of your stuff on there. Awesome. Fantastic. Oh. More to come. With that being said, uh, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. GYST Podcast Nation. And I will see you next week. tuning in to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.